0: Good morning, it's Monday, August 15th. I'm Shamita Basu, this is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news, and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Let's take a quick look at some of what's developed over the weekend after the FBI search of Donald Trump's home in Florida. The House Democrats, who chair the Intelligence and the Oversight Committees, are calling on the Director of National Intelligence to deliver a national security damage assessment based on the documents the FBI recovered from Mar a Lago. Documents related to the warrant say the FBI found numerous classified papers, including those marked top secret, the most sensitive classification for U.S. government documents. There are indications that some of the papers are so critical. They were supposed to be stored and viewed only in specially secured rooms. There's also growing concern that criticism of law enforcement from Trump and some GOP officials could drive violence. Pennsylvania Republican Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick is a former FBI agent and federal prosecutor. He told CBS that he's been checking in on old colleagues to see if they're doing okay.
1: I think everybody needs to be calling for calm. Everybody across the board and everybody needs to respect our law enforcement, whether they be local, state, or federal. I'm very concerned for the safety of our law enforcement officers, especially right now.
0: Trump has not been charged with a crime related to classified documents. He has denied wrongdoing. Author Salman Rushdie is off a ventilator and said to be on the road to recovery, but he has severe injuries after he was stabbed at an event in New York State on Friday. The suspect pleaded not guilty to attempted murder. Rushdie was there to deliver a lecture on the importance of the United States as a haven for targeted artists. He's lived with death threats for decades and spent many years in hiding. In 1989, Iran's then-supreme leader issued a fatwa calling for Rushdie's assassination. A fatwa is a decree given by an Islamic leader. He said Rushdie's book, The Satanic Verses, was offensive to Islam. In recent years, some moderates in Iran's government disavowed the fatwa, but many hardline clerics have supported it. As recently as 2019, the current supreme leader said it could never be revoked. Authorities haven't said anything about the suspect's motive, and Iran's foreign ministry says it has no information about Rushdie's attacker. In an interview two weeks before the attack, Rushdie told the German magazine Stern that his life felt normal again. He said he was grateful social media wasn't around when the fatwa came out. He said it would have made things infinitely more dangerous. This attack happened around an anniversary of something that Rushdie has spent practically his whole career thinking about. It's been 75 years since India became independent of Britain, and a British lawyer drew the borders that would divide India and Pakistan. Partition triggered violence between Hindus and Muslims, and one of the largest forced mass displacements in history, with around a million people killed and 15 million forced from their homes. This all happened the same year that Rushdie was born in India. Partition is at the core of what many think of as his best novel, Midnight's Children. Rushdie sometimes explored violence in his books. Until Friday, even after all the threats he's faced, he had managed to mostly escape it in life. A Roof Over Your Head and something to eat. These are the most basic human needs. And the latest inflation numbers show the cost of both skyrocketing, even as overall inflation eases a little bit. We talked last week about food costs. Today, our focus is shelter. It's a very difficult time for renters right now. Bloomberg looks into why and where. And it's not just the places that you always hear about, like New York and San Francisco. Rent is up by double digits across America, from Vegas to Tucson to Chicago to Boston. In Miami, annual rents are up nearly 40 percent. People of color are especially affected by the current rent inflation, since they account for a majority of renters. One factor that's making the rental market so tough is the housing sales market. Redfin chief economist Daryl Fairweather talked about this on PBS. The Fed had to raise interest rates to fight inflation, and mortgage rates also went up as a result. Higher mortgage rates mean many families can't afford to buy homes anymore. So they're stuck renting, which increases demand for rentals and pushes prices up. The pandemic is a big factor here, too. More people are returning to cities of all sizes to be close to the office now that some work-from-home policies are ending. And tight inventory means bidding wars for apartments. Now, there may be hope down the road. Redfin estimates a million new rental units will hit the market in the next year or so. But that boost in supply probably won't do much about prices anytime soon. For now, as Bloomberg puts it, the rental crisis is sparing nowhere. In 2010, a retired art dealer hid a chest filled with roughly a million dollars worth of gold and jewels somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. And the only clue that he left behind was a cryptic poem. Since then, thousands of people have gone looking for this treasure. At least five people have died in the search. A new podcast from Apple TV Plus called Missed Fortune tells the story of this epic hunt for riches. We talked to the host, Peter Frick-Wright.
1: A lot of treasure hunters had some kind of major disappointment in their life. This treasure was their plan for overcoming that or, or, you know, changing the narrative of their entire story. Other people are just sort of bowled over by the romance of it. You know, they always loved pirate stories. This is kind of a dream come true that someone gave them the opportunity to actually go out looking for a million-ish dollars worth of actual gold.
0: Frickwright follows the story of one treasure hunter, a former cop named Daryl Seiler. He dedicated years of his life to the chase. And along the way, Seiler had some pretty close calls. He got arrested he was nearly swept away by a river in Yellowstone. He lost his job, his apartment. He ended up on friends' couches. But none of that discouraged him. And that's because, Wright says, once you start treasure hunting, it's hard to stop.
1: Maybe the feeling would be like, after you've read the lottery numbers and seen that they matched your ticket— and you just have to turn it in. Like that's kind of the buzz that he got every time he went treasure hunting. And that's an addictive, addictive feeling. I mean, it was amazing as I kept following Daryl and learned more about his story. I mean, it was an addiction narrative in a lot of ways.
0: The hunt and its unintended consequences caused a lot of people to re-examine what the person who hid this treasure set into motion. If you're interested in hearing more, check out Mist Fortune on the Podcasts app. And you can find all the stories that we talked about and more in the Apple News app. I'll talk with you again tomorrow.